So I Married a Cinephile uses clips, quotes, and songs in fair use as commentary for movie review, with no intention for monetary profit or gain. So please don't sue us. We're just having fun. Ugh, I love this movie. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen this movie? <laughs> Farmer and I'm a cinephile. I'm Megan Farmer. Farmer. I'm Megan Carver. <gasps> they know my secret. <laughs> they know that you're married to me. <laughs> I'm Megan it's Carver. Out. It's out. I'm right. a cine newbie. We watch all kinds of movies, new and old. And we let you know if you should watch them too. Welcome back to So I Married a Cinephile. <laughs> With a woman who I think is fine with being my wife. No, I am. I just sometimes because I try very hard to keep my my basically anything related to customer service job, uh, anything related to banks or doctor's appointments. All of that is my legal name. But when it comes to performing and the persona that I identify with the most, it's Megan Carver, because that's been the name that I've effectively chosen since I was. 18, 19? Right, but both of those sides of you are the same person. They are. Y- yes. Yes. That's also Great. true. We, I feel like we made a big breakthrough today. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Who needs therapy? <laughs> Who needs it? When you can just talk through when you just your verbal track of your last names. When you forget who you are in the moment. <laughs> who cares? You just went up. It's just. You just went up on I went up on myself. <laughs> I went up on my own life. <laughs> Oh, no. Anyways, welcome uh, back. Welcome back, guys. This is our Thanksgiving episode. Yeah, we're doing something very special. Very unannounced, special. I think. Totally unannounced. I am off the social medias, so I don't know if you, you advertised are. this. I did, a little bit. But okay. tell them why. Tell them why you're off the social medias. As some of you... Because I'm so proud of you for thank this. Thank you. As some of you may know, I, I stopped using Instagram like a month before I ran the marathon. Right. And then it I'm, was for Sober October. Was so- oh, Sober October. Thank you. Because mm-hmm. uh, Gabe asked me what... I was giving up and I said well I'll give up Instagram see how that goes and a month went by and then even more time went by after that and I was like oh I don't miss this at all yeah so thankfully I was able to download all of my data so I could save all the pictures um but I permanently deleted my Instagram and I've been off Facebook for almost two years how is Um, life without social media it's interesting in that I feel a little bit of a withdrawal because I I've been on social media for a long time. Long time. I remember when I started when I started my MySpace, I think it's right before I went to college. Yeah. It was I high school. Here. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I've I've effectively lived fifteen years on social media mm-hmm. with social media. Mm-hmm. And not having that a part of my life anymore is a little bit weird. There's definitely like that sort of rehabilitative withdrawal feeling. Sure. You know? But other than that, because that passes. Right. I remember I I asked you, too. You took a picture of something, and I was like, well, wait, what are you going to do with that? (laughs) And you're like, well, I'm going to keep it. I was like, yeah, but where are you going to post it? No one else is going to see that. Like, I'll share it with you. And you're like, can I just have it for myself? I'm like, no. (laughs) Can I just go to the gym for me? That's not what you do. Can I eat a meal for me? No. You have to tell everybody, otherwise it didn't happen. (laughs) Who's to say? Who's um, to say? But it's great. I, I feel for my journey and my progression forward, it is the best thing. I don't want to 
poo-poo social media no, I think with it's a broad brush. But... I feel like there's a lot of really good things that can come of it. I do feel, however, that there have been a lot of um, bad things that yeah. have come from it. And I could get into those, but if you want me to, you can ask me personally. Because you exactly. still exist. I still exist. It's not like you got wiped off of the face and of the I'm, planet because you no longer have social media. Right. And I'm living my life moment to moment um, without having to share these Document moments. It. Or feel the need to share these moments. Yeah. You know. It's great. I think that's awesome. Yeah, thank you. I to be honest, I think I I wish I could do that. You could. But, well, but no, I can't because it's it's different when you have a production company. Sure. When you know we're manning the uh, the social media for this, and yeah. I do you know have my own social media. That I guess the only thing I could get rid of like my personal Instagram account. Sure. But I would still need to have an Instagram account in order to handle adventurous right. films. Same thing with uh, Facebook. Same thing <laughs> with Twitter. Like all sure. that stuff, which I learned in doing fundraising yeah, yeah. so that makes it a little more difficult it is yeah but anyways here we are here we are yeah so, so the back to uh the promotion of this episode yes which you mentioned that you hinted at so yeah so i posted yesterday on instagram uh this will be on i think it was on thursday that i posted mm. uh so i just posted like oh my gosh i'm so excited for this episode and i created a little graphic and i posted it um, saying that we were going to have a guest, but actually our guest wasn't able to come this time. Womp womp. They said that they'll come next time. We're able to get them in. Great. Life came up. So we decided to soldier on and do this regardless. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, so it's just me and Ben. Special guest will be here another time. Yep. They're in the books. And, uh, yeah. I didn't say much. You didn't, uh, so that's it? That's all I've said so far. So Although as- I might I might post more after this ep- after we record this as most of you may know we just had the thanksgiving holiday yesterday yes we did and we were trying to think of thanksgiving related movies you mentioned planes trains and automobiles which i think is a good one yeah then i asked some of my coworkers if they knew of any thanksgiving movies and there's one that's called the killer turkey <laughs> that's about a demon possessed turkey that kills all of these kids that are left at school at their dorms over thanksgiving <laughs> and it says gobble gobble motherfuckers on <laughs> The thing. I really want to watch it. I kind of want to watch right. it. But that that was pretty much it. Other than that, it was like Stepmom, which sure. is technically a Thanksgiving movie. I technically think Adam's Family Values. Yeah. But we've both seen that. We've seen that. It's and also, the too, there aren't a whole lot of Thanksgiving movies. There's a ton of Thanksgiving <laughs> TV episodes. Sure. Friends, New Girl, Will and Grace. There is like, For Your Consideration, which is a Christopher Guest movie. That was one that was brought up. That's a movie about these actors making a movie right called home for purim right. which is the jewish thanksgiving yes and they're like no one's gonna get and it no one's gonna so get that so they change it, it thanksgiving. To, to home for thanksgiving i yeah. think um catherine O'Hare is brilliant in it, of course yes but, of course um yeah so we decided to sort of because we weren't terribly excited about planes trains and automobiles yeah. not that it's a bad movie but we're like ah, just not jazzed about it and we, we wanted found, to do something fun right we found that it's like let's only do stuff if we're both excited about right. it right Versus like doing it because we feel obliged to do it because that takes the joy out of it. And this is sort of in the style of a handful of plays that we've done. Yes. Sort of these ensemble, multiple role kind of plays, which repertory theater teaches you how to do. Yes. And pulls from a podcast that we both know called Never Seen It. Yes. So effectively, what we're doing today is we are taking a well-known Thanksgiving movie one that we haven't named yet, mm-hmm. and we are making a parody script of it and reading it out loud a la radio 
yes. like holiday special. Everything that you get is not going to be edited out. Usually if there are some weird sounds or ticks or I'm gonna do my best not to edit yeah, stuff out I and make, make this it as perfect. Clean as possible because I want it to feel live yes. for people who are listening to it. Right. So yeah, I'm excited. This is uh, kind of an a, a quasi original idea, but something we've never done before. Right. So we didn't watch, we but we are... I wrote we're performing. <laughs> we're performing. Just say you said yeah, we're oh, performing. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're performing. performing. Good grief. Happy Giving Day, Henry Beige, which is based on Happy Thanksgiving, Charlie Brown. Yes. Is that the actual official name of it? I think it? it's Happy Thanksgiving or a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. A Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, something like that. Something like that. It's the one thing that kept on coming up from people. They're like, well, yeah, what about like the Charlie, Charlie Brown, Brown Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving? And I'm like, I've yes, yeah, yeah but I've uh, seen that. It's There's not really a ton that we can review about that. Yeah. I. It's sort of its own That's it. thing, and we can come up with like some factoids that maybe people didn't know, right? But, but it's like forty years old, yeah. And yeah, we we thought this would be a little bit more interesting. So Megan wrote, "This is what twelve pages." This is this is a story of fifteen pages. Fifteen pages of a treatment. I wrote it last night, <laughs> literally last night. Yeah, um, it was it was great, and I got to give my input where she asked for it. And, I feel like we've come up with something really fun. Yeah. And uh, topical. Yes. And uh, pertaining to the Thanksgiving holiday. Mm-hmm. So, so we that's hope what we're you doing. Guys enjoy yeah. It. yeah. Um, keep in mind that we're each playing probably about at least three, three characters or four each. Um, so, we're going to try to change our voices to match that. Um, we are professional actors. Yes, we are. And this is in no way, uh, we do not claim to own anything in regards to Charles Schultz or the Peanuts gang. Which, by the way, there was a question when I was Googling stuff about Charlie Brown that said, who is Peanut in Charlie Brown? (laughs) Which one is Glee? Which one is Peanut in Charlie Brown? And that made me so happy. I loved that. It made me so fucking happy. Which one is Glee? Which one is Glee? (laughs) At any rate. So this is Happy Giving Day, Henry Beige. Uh, yes, I will, uh, we'll take it away from here. Written by Megan Carver, performed by Megan Carver and Benjamin Farmer. SAG-AFTRA? I don't know. Is this SAG-AFTRA? Is this sanctified by the union? No. Okay, no. strike that. Let's strike that. <laughs> you just wanted strike them to know it. that we're both union I don't members. know. We're both union members. <laughs> we're both members. We worked hard for that. All right, here we go. Happy right. Giving Day, Henry Beige. Slow and slightly melancholy acoustic Christmas music plays. We see snow gently falling along the sidewalk as two middle school boys walk into frame. We follow them as they walk and talk. So, what are you going to do for Christmas, Henry Beige? Oh, probably the usual. Sit quietly at the dinner table while my parents make passive-aggressive comments at one another. Something about being home more more often and... Well, this family wouldn't have a roof over its head without working late sometimes. Sounds about right. What about you? My dads are hosting a caroling party for the gay man's chorus on Christmas Eve. They've been planning for weeks. It should be a festive evening. I didn't know your dad sang in the gay man's chorus. They don't. Larry and Henry Beige continue to walk out of frame. The music begins to pick up in speed and cheer as we see in big letters, Happy Giving Day, Henry Beige! 
The snow grows heavy until the screen is whited out, which is hard to do in a radio play, but... I wrote it... <laughs> in my mind, it's like, you have to see it. I see it going white into the... <laughs> and you pan out, which is hard to do in a play. Okay. But... <laughs> <clears throat> Back in character. Here we go. We fade in to see a lone dog house sitting next to a modest-looking three-bedroom house. Not a big house, mind you, but big enough to house four people in it. It for sure needs a little work. The drain pipes are sagging in a few areas, and there's about four dozen frisbees still sitting on the roof from last summer. Uh, think about that cottage Belle lived in, in Beauty and the Beast, but like it has a big awkward add-on and probably has tacky panel siding and smells like stale used socks. That kind of house. Henry Beige walks out of the front door and trots down the steps. He calls over to the doghouse. Schmoopy, dinner's ready. From the doghouse, we see Schmoopy, a beagle mutt mix wearing a silk smoke jacket, smoking jacket, an ascot, and, a, and is smoking an old-timey pipe. He walks up to Henry Beige, who has set the dog bowl on the ground. Schmoopy sniffs the dog bowl, stands upright, and open palm slaps Henry Beige across the cheek. <laughs> Schmoopy straightens his ascot, walks back into the doghouse, and slams the door. Henry Beige holds his tender cheek, picks up the dog bowl, and says, Too much tarragon. Henry Beige walks into the house as light classical music begins to float into the air. Cut to a pristine living room, all white with rustic built-ins. We see Crocher, a young male piano prodigy, hammering away at the keys. He is far too big for the piano, but has been told by his intense and rather severe parents that he'll get a bigger piano when he fucking earns one! <laughs> Crocher continues to play, and we see Macy, a randomly southern girl who adores Crocher, sexily saunter up to the piano. Hey, Crocher. Y'all are playing real good today. Kindly get off my piano, Macy. If my parents see your ass print on it again, I'll get caned across the shins. Ooh. Are y'all doing dirty talk to me? Who else are you referring to in the room? It's just me. Oh, I know. And it's just me, too. You know, I was thinking you and me could be like that Taylor Swift song, the Romeo and Juliet one, except I can be the one who comes to rescue you and ask your father for permission to marry me since you still haven't asked my parents. Macy, please, I am trying to concentrate. Ooh, me too. It's so hard to focus when y'all are being so sexy on them keyboardings. It's keyboard. I'm bored too. Let's go out. Olives and Gardens has an unlimited bread knots and salad special. It's mostly romaine lettuce and watered down vinaigrette, but it's unlimited. That sounds exhausting. No, it's only $9.99. Crocher slams his head on the keyboard. We hear one of his parents yell from the other room in an odd trumpet sound. It sounds angry. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Fade to a small partition wall along the sidewalk, where Wintergreen Wanda and Lainey stand slash lean as they talk. No one really knows why this random-ass small wall is there. It's not protecting anything, and it's not in front of or behind something. It's just there. Wintergreen Wanda, a young girl who carries herself with a very masculine energy, sighs loudly. 
Lainey, her seemingly bland but unexpectedly calculating friend, engages with her. What's the matter, ma'am? I just hate this time of year. It's so emotionally exhausting. It feels like no matter what I do, I can't relax. You know what I mean? Sure. Seasonal effectiveness disorder is a very real and visceral thing. Why, I remember one time my aunt was suffering from sad and had a rather loud outburst at Thanksgiving dinner, exclaiming puppets tried to assassinate her. See? This is what I'm talking about. We're all wound up too tight and we can't just be ourselves, our true and honest, real selves. We have to hide and pretend and be with people we don't want to be with. Like who, ma'am? <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. Okay, I got it. Here. Oh, yeah. Oh, never mind. It's not important. I see. How's your boyfriend, ma'am? Henry Beige? Uh, he's fine. Are you spending Thanksgiving with his family this year? Jesus, no. Uh, I mean, no. I don't think we're ready to celebrate holidays at each other's houses yet. You've been together since kindergarten, ma'am. Most stunted relationships can have bouts like these. Have you tried therapy? No. You think I should? It wouldn't hurt, ma'am. And we're starting to enter a new time where therapy is more widely accepted, celebrated, and mildly overly depended on. I have a recommendation of a very sound therapist. Well, who is it? Cut to Wintergreen Wanda sitting in an office, reclined on a chaise lounge, her hands folded across her stomach. Her therapist is clearly a dog that looks really similar to the dog we saw earlier. It's pretty obvious that the therapist is a dog. Why is no one asking for his accreditations? The dog therapist nods as Wintergreen Wanda emotes. And it's not like I don't like him. I just don't think I love him. You know what I mean? Maybe I'm supposed to love him. Maybe there's something super wrong with me. You know what? No, there's nothing wrong with me. Ugh, so why do I feel this way? <laughs> That's a good point. I might be putting too much into this. Maybe I don't need to have my sexuality figured out before I hit puberty. It's okay to take time and work things out. A personality test? Sure, I guess it couldn't hurt. Schmoopy, I mean the dog therapist, picks up several ink blot cards and shows them to Wanda one by one. Uh, a woman. An NPR tote bag. Oh. Doc Martens? Wow, the label is even on it. Oh. Okay, that's clearly an ink block painting of the Indigo Girls. The dog therapist furrows his brow as he thinks. He scribbles on a notepad, which is actually just the ripped off side of a milk carton. Cut to Henry Beige walking to school, looking a bit sad. As he walks, he comes across Jeremy, the one singular African-American kid who lives in town. Hey, Henry Beige, why so blue? Oh, my parents just told me Thanksgiving has been canceled. What? Why would they cancel Thanksgiving? My dad says he needs to spend the day in the city and might as well spend the night there too since traffic will be awful. My mom said something about, well, that whore Grace probably will be happy to hear that. I'm not sure what she meant. Wow, Grace must really hate traffic. But now I don't know what I'm gonna do for Thanksgiving. Hey! I know we rarely see each other, and we're not that important to each other's lives, but why don't we have a Friendsgiving at my place? Wow, really? You do that for me, Jacob? 
It's it's Jeremy. Jeremy. Thanks, Jeremy. That means a lot. We better start planning our Friendsgiving. But where are we going to find a turkey the day before Thanksgiving? We hear upbeat accordion music playing as we cut to Schmoopy and Birdbark, a weird-looking canary if a canary was also half a cactus. Schmoopy has on a chef's hat and a jacket and has painted on a thin, curly mustache just below his nose. Birdbark is seated at a table, happily bouncing in his seat as Schmoopy prepares food for him. Schmoopy elaborately prepares a meal, tossing in dozens of random-ass ingredients into a comically large pot, stirring with a soup spoon that's way too big. He dances around as he places a plate in front of Birdbark, then a knife, then a fork. Then he ties a cute little napkin around Birdbark's neck with a flourish. Schmoopy brings over the big pot and sets it on the table. He dances around the table while Birdbark happily bounces along in his seat. Schmoopy then suddenly opens the top of the pot, violently dumps out the ingredients, throws the pot over Birdbark with impressive speed, trapping him inside. He slips a lid under the bottom of the pot as it bumps and jumps. Schmoopy pulls out a sign from behind his back that says, Last Minute Turkey Special, $35. Fade out and fade back up to Larry and his sister Macy sitting in front of the Christmas tree writing letters to Santa. Oh. No, I'm... Because I'm supposed to be Larry, and I also was Macy earlier. No, remember, we... we you oh, were that's right. First. No, 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 that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and now Stop you're Macy. Stop second-guessing yourself. No, I just wanted to... <laughs> okay, no, you're fine. Okay, okay. Um, hmm. Have I been good enough to warrant asking for a place-based game console? Or have I only been good enough to ask for an off-brand version that breaks after three months? Larry, stop talking so much. I gots to thank. Sorry. What are you asking for for Christmas? Well, so far I gots only three things. Lipstick, a new eye cell phone, and a Greta Thunberg action figure doll. Global warming is real in these days, and I want to keep up with the other liberal kids at school. Wait, Macy, why are you asking for a new iCell phone? Dad got you a cell phone? Yeah! I don't have a cell phone. Well, I gots to be more careful than you. See, Dad said I'm a lady, and a pretty one at that, and men come up and attack me, so it's best that I have a cell phone so I can call in case I get attacked. But we walk home together from school every day. You're never by yourself. And you're eight. But I'm their favorite. What are you asking for? I'm going to change my list. I'm going to ask for a phone. Have you been good enough to ask for a phone? Santa knows. Maybe just a flip phone. Yeah, maybe like a razor or something. Yeah, one of the ones that have the, the flip-up thing with the yeah, pad. Yeah, but it's broken. The type one. Well, you can only get so far just the bottom part of the QWERTY keyboard shows. And it so, just breaks. And you just... just Drops calls. Right. I did not write that. <laughs> fade out as Christmas piano music begins to play. We fade up to see a big red telephone ringing. Henry Beige walks over and picks up the receiver. Hello? Hey, Hens. It's me, Wanda. Oh, hi, Wintergreen Wanda. Wow, it's nice to hear from you. I feel like you've been dodging my calls lately. Wh what? <laughs> No, I, uh, just, I've been busy. Holidays coming up and all. But I haven't heard from you since June. Yeah, anyways, uh, I heard through the grapevine that you're having a Friendsgiving tomorrow. Yeah, uh, Jeremiah and I are throwing it. 
I tried to send you an invitation, but I realized that I don't know how to send mail. Do you want to come? <sighs> yes. Yes, I need to face this once and for all. Face what? Uh, nothing. Just kidding. Uh, turkey. Face turkey. I'm afraid of turkey. Tryptophanophobia. <laughs> it's real. Look it up. Uh, I'll see you then. Oh, Bye. You could bring... Henry Beja's thought is interrupted by the sound of an abrupt dial tone. He hangs up the receiver, walks back into the kitchen where he returns to Jeremy and Schmoopy dressed in a chef's outfit, who are both sitting in chairs at the kitchen table. Henry Beige, how are we going to make food? What do you mean, Jaquani? <sighs> it's Jeremy. And your parents are gone. We're middle schoolers. We don't know how to cook. I only learned how to use a toaster last week. Oh, you're right. And that weird bird Schmoopy brought isn't any good. Schmoopy hops down off of his chair, walks over to Henry Beige, and slaps him on the other cheek. <coughs> Schmoopy throws his chef hat and jacket on the floor, pulls out a book of matches, and sets everything on fire. He walks off, snout in the air. I offended his French Parisian sense of taste. Let's just ask everyone to bring something. I bet everyone has something in their kitchen we could eat. Great idea! Christmas music begins to play again. As we fade in, we see an open field with a table, with several table settings. Wyatt's out in the middle of a field, in what I'm assuming is the Midwest in early winter, I have no idea. Children slowly begin to gather around the table. Everyone is carrying a bowl or Tupperware of some kind. Wintergreen Wanda and Lainey see Henry Beige setting the table. Wintergreen Wanda beelines for him and tries to pull him aside. Hey, Hens, look, I need to talk to you. Hi, Winter Green Wanda. Sure thing. Let me just finish setting the table. No, I'll... I need to talk to you now. Oh, is everything okay? Yeah, I'm fine. It's just that I... <sighs> I don't want to see you. She doesn't want to see you get hurt, sir. But her parents have told her she's too young to date. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Hens, I just... We're not even in the seventh grade, and my mom and dad just think I'm too young. They said I have to wait until I'm 16 before I can have a good, before I can date. Oh, okay, I see. Well, is it okay if I update my face-based relationship status after dinner? You bet, pal. I hope it's all right I stepped in, ma'am. Henry Beige is a nice enough fellow, but I have a feeling his home life may already set him into a never-ending spiral of confusion and self-deprecation as an adult. Apologies if I offended you, ma'am. Not at all, Lainey. I wish you'd stepped in a long time ago. Want to sit next to me at the dinner table? It would be my honor, ma'am. <laughs> Larry, Wintergreen Wanda, Lainey, Macy, Henry Beige, Crocher, and Schmoopy all take their seats. Jeremy is the last to arrive and pulls up a chair. Oh, Jerome, why don't you sit over there on that side of the table? Jeremy. And why? No one is sitting over there. Yeah, we saved it just for you. Nope. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I really connect with Henry Beige. I know. Macy, to which Macy says, Yeah, we saved it just for you. Here's the chair for you, Gerard. Schmoopy dances up behind Jeremy, pulling along a sad-looking, overly-worn picnic chair. You guys all got normal chairs. Why am I sitting in this messed-up one? It's a special chair, Jefferson. That's right, ma'am. There's nothing mildly racist or elitist about any of this. 
Now, let's all share what we brought for Thanksgiving, or Friendsgiving. The children all opened the tops of their respective bowls, flinging clean wrap into the air and letting it just fall on the ground. Wow, what a great spread! We should say grace before we begin. Uh, uh, Larry, would you do the honors? Of course! Ahem. <clears throat> In 1621, the pilgrims came to America on the Mayflower and had the very first Thanksgiving. In the season of Thanksgiving, they asked the Indian chief, Massasoit, to join them. In the spirit of giving, he brought almost a hundred members of his tribe and plenty of food for everyone to share. Governor William Bradford, Captain Miles Standish, and Elder William Brewster were all present. William Brewster said grace, and it went something like this. We thank God for our homes and our food and our safety in a new land. We thank God for the opportunity to create a new world for freedom and justice. Amen. Amen. What the hell is wrong with all of you? Jamal, what's wrong? Am, am I pronouncing that right? Jamal? 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 My name is Jeremy, you idiots. And first of all, what the hell is with all the food you brought? Larry, is that a bowl of nails? What's wrong with you? Wanda, you brought just salsa and no chips. How do you know someone else is going to bring chips? Did anyone else bring chips? Nope. See, no one brought chips. Look, this is the season of coming together and accepting our common man. It's about sharing a meal with old friends and inviting new friends to be a part of the day. And this half-assed nonsense, I'm a seventh grader. I arranged all of this. I think that's pretty fucking awesome. Uh, Jeremy? And by the way, the Pilgrims and the Wampanoags, yeah, they had a name, had constant conflict, bloody battles, and they destroyed the Native Americans' homes. The Pilgrims also brought mm, disease and forced them out of their land. To quote the New York Times historian David J. Silverman, if Americans continue to insist on associating Thanksgiving with Pilgrims and Indians, the least we can do is try to get the story straight. We should put the Wampanoags at its center and acknowledge the remarkable fact of their survival to this very day. <sighs> the gang sits in silence. Wow. Jeremy, thank you for that. Yes, your passionate speech has moved us, sir. I feel like such an idiot. I'm truly ashamed, Jeremy. I am so sorry. Is it okay if I join you on this side of the table? Yeah. Thanks, guys. Well, I think we've learned, all learned, a valuable lesson. Something we can take to heart in this holiday season. I've learned that you should always bring chips when you bring salsa. Because I also just brought salsa. I'm out. Oh, fuck my life. Don't be sad, Henry Beige. Jeremy will come around. Or he might not, and you may have offended the only black person who lives in our town, apparently. He's right, sir. We can honor the history of Thanksgiving and still enjoy each other's company. Maybe we should try to be a little more conscientious. Yeah, just wait until Christmas. Think of all the people we can offend then. You're right. Hey, Schmoopy, what's for dinner? Schmoopy sets a large plate on the table with a silver cover on top. He pulls the top off to reveal a grotesque, bony corpse of bird bark burned to a crisp, holding a sign that says, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Happy, Happy Giving, Giving Day, Henry Beige! Henry Beige.
Christmas music begins to swell as the remaining members of the game begin to dance around the table in just one move per person, never changing to another dance move. Shmoopy dances around the gang and blows a kiss to the screen. The, the end. end. And that is Happy Giving Day, Henry, Henry Beige. Beige. I'm very proud of that. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I'm very proud of that. <laughs> I like that. I think it's good. Yeah, it's a lot I think of fun. it's it reminds me of there's a play, I can't remember what the name of the play is, but it's a Charlie Brown play where like Snoopy has committed suicide and it's the Peanuts gang after the fact. So it's like they're they're kind of grown ups, but they're kind of not, and they're like coming to terms with their mortality because mm. Snoopy committed suicide. I know a play you're talking about. Yeah, I, I can't the remember name the name yeah, of it, but there's either. and then there's also the other musical You're a good man. You're a good man, Charlie Brown. Brown. Right. Which is Pretty well known, I yes. think. Yeah. You're a beige man, Henry Beige. But this is more akin to like the production of A Christmas Carol that we did with Bag and Baggage, where we're playing multiple roles. You did, did you do two radio shows? You did It's Wonderful Life. Uh, it's, it's a Somewhat Wonderful Life. It's a Somewhat Life. Wonderful Life. And then I also did it in, I think there was another one. I want to say there was another one. I just keep forgetting the name. I know. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways. But this is the kind of stuff that we love, the kind of stuff that we that we I think thrive in and actually doing. in this kind of a project this is how we met in the producers yeah, we played yeah. multiple different tracks yeah. uh well no we all had one track but all had multiple different parts exactly I feel like that's the thing sometimes too for and this is total side note off of anything related to movies um but I feel like people can think that people that are not playing like the lead roles in a show yeah are somehow lesser yeah and it's like it's a lot of fucking work. A, yeah, it's a lot of work, but also it's a lot of fun because oh you don't really God. have any downtime. Even no. even when I did spam a lot, you like Galahad was my I suppose like my lead character, but right. I had like three other ones that I got to it's play. It's like you have your base character, and then you have yeah, the and other then you have like the other like the yeah. Black Knight and um, like one of the monks and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So you're constantly working, and it's just pure joy it doing is. this kind of stuff so thank you for indulging us in this self-serving episode so that's it uh thanks thanks, thanks again guys <laughs> this was fun this is fun yeah. um so let us know what you thought if this is any good or if it's not please be kind in your notes <laughs> um and uh now we get to kind of move on to the christmas the season. christmas season yeah, so many options I you know. haven't seen national lampoon's christmas vacation, i also have not seen scrooge which is insane we need to do scrooge. all the christmas movies i rewatched the santa claus which it's funny that you haven't seen the santa claus but you saw santa claus part two i saw the second one because that was playing at the movie theater when i worked there sure so that's literally the only reason i saw it it's fun yeah i'm okay with it yeah some of the stuff doesn't hold up in terms of the CG, but for the sure. most part, it's it's pretty darn yeah, solid, the yeah. Santa Claus. Um, so let us know if there's a movie that you really love. Um, let us know what you think of the podcast. Share, subscribe. Please do. All that good stuff. And we'll be back over the next few weeks with some Christmas episodes. I'd like yeah. to get at least a few in before we go to Oregon. Yeah. So I imagine we can get at least two more in before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So thank you guys. Thanks again. Thanks always for listening. And we will see you soon for the start of the Christmas season. Bye. Bye.